Hello, friends. Every church leader I know and have known over the last 40 years wants to see their church thrive. They want to help individuals grow spiritually. They want to be a part of a church that is healthy and growing. But there's a problem, isn't there? How many churches do you know that are really growing? The problem is that many, if not most, church leaders today find themselves in churches that are declining. And to make matters worse, these conscientious but often ill-equipped church leaders are confused about what they can do to turn things around in their church. Well, if that describes you, I want to give you hope. I want you to know that help is available. Now, what I am about to say seems obvious, but it is often an overlooked truth. Here it is. It takes a thriving leadership team to lead a thriving church. What we know is that healthy and high-performing churches are led by high-performing leadership teams. And without the latter, it's almost impossible to have the former. So, building a successful leadership team, that's job one. It's the place to begin. It's step one to help you turn things around in your church. Here is your solution. It's an online workshop that will help you build a leadership team that is effective and high-performing. And what kind of team is effective and high-performing? It's one in which the members of that team trust each other. They know how to manage conflict. They gain organizational clarity by learning how to identify their mission, their vision, and their strategy. They learn how to embrace accountability, and they focus on results. The online Effective Church Leaders Workshop will help you develop these five very important characteristics of healthy leadership teams. This workshop is a six-hour workshop, a video workshop, and one that you can take at your own pace. We'll conclude the workshop with a live online Zoom meeting in which we will answer your questions. And again, the next opportunity to participate in this online workshop is next week. It begins October the 19th. So I want you to go to EffectiveChurchLeaders.com and register for this workshop that begins Monday, October 19th. Take your first step to helping your church thrive. Hello, church leaders and friends. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carrie Holton. Yes, you are. (laughs) Well, today, folks, we are talking about three strategies for reaching new people great topic. I'm really excited about this one, and we really do appreciate you joining us. That's right, hon. We want to discuss three things that churches can do to reach out to those who don't yet know Jesus. And we really do care about those who don't know Jesus, don't we? I mean, that's why we're doing all of this. And we need a strategy for reaching unbelievers with the good news of Jesus. Yes, we do. And I hope that word strategy doesn't turn people off. We could substitute the word plan for the word strategy, and church leaders need a plan if they want to reach their goals. If they want to put their best foot forward for the Lord, they need a plan. 
You know, someone has said not having a plan is the same thing as having a plan to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's an excellent statement that applies here. And and I think more than ever, churches really do need a plan, a strategy for reaching God's lost children. Yeah, the pandemic has certainly shaken our world, understatement, and such that we can't rely on the way we have been doing anything, and especially the way we have been reaching people um, for the Lord before the pandemic. I agree, babe. And it's likely that the way we have always done things in our churches wasn't working anyway. Right. And those pre-pandemic plans are unlikely to work post-pandemic. Right. And, you know, hon, before we identify and discuss three strategies for reaching new people that we want to talk about today, we want to acknowledge our indebtedness to Tony Morgan of the Unstuck Church Group. A lot of the content that we're going to share in this episode today came from him. That's right, it did. And, you know, I want to say something just here, if you don't mind. Some of our listeners may wonder about our credibility and why they should listen to our suggestions they may wonder if we really know what we're talking about. Right. And my answer to those who might wonder if they can trust our suggestions is that, well, we, we do have a lot of experience in church work over 40 years. Right. And in all kinds of church work. And, and we have read a lot and we listen to many helpful podcasts. And we try very hard to keep our ear to the ground to hear what works, what is effective, and what is not so effective. We don't just shoot from the hip. And we talk to a lot of people in a week that That's goes right. by that are in churches. We learn a lot of things. We really feel like we have the pulse of what's going yes, on. Yes, and anyway, I do want us to give credit to the Unstuck Church Group for some of the content in this episode. We, we do pay attention to podcasts that seem to be very effective in this field. Right, and I would say to the question of credibility is that uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, We know these things because we've worked with a lot of churches, as you say, and because in our workshops, uh, a lot of people have attested to how helpful the information is, Um, but it's also hard information. I think, you know, the hard part is for leaders to really be willing to commit to making some changes, because as we will continue to talk about today, we're looking at ways to think and a paradigm shift that we have not really needed to address before. I agree. I agree. So let's get to it. Okay. Uh, What's the first strategy that we want to discuss for reaching new people? Well, our listeners will find that this is really an old strategy. It's really the original strategy for reaching people. It's actually our Lord's strategy. Think of what we call the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples, baptize those disciples, and teach them to obey what I have taught you. The first strategy is to mobilize people to reach other people. Well, what are we really talking about here? Okay, well, we're talking about encouraging followers of Jesus to reach out to others, to their friends and family members and neighbors, to reach out in their inner circle of influence and speak up for the Lord. And this is what we might call the Great Commission strategy. You know, and just just a side note here, I think the word strategy is 
maybe emotionally charged for some people. They may feel like when the word strategy is thrown around or even planned sometimes that the Holy Spirit is not involved in what is, is what is happening. And of course, we don't believe that the Holy Spirit should not be involved in any of this. That's, right. That is an assumed part of what we're saying. Sure. What we're talking about in this first one is Jesus's strategy. Right. It is his plan. It is what we say, he said we must do, which requires us to be very intentional and very thoughtful about how to, how to carry out and be obedient to this plan that he told us to follow through. Right. And I think those marching orders in Matthew chapter 28 are directed to the church. Absolutely. The church should be going out and making disciples, but I think it's also directed to individual Christians. Yes. That you and I have a responsibility to we reach out to those orders. we know. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to go and make disciples. Now, honey, to accomplish this strategy, church leaders will need to inspire people to reach their friends and neighbors. They will need to revisit so many scriptures that teach that this is God's will for his people, to be salt and light in the world, to be his witnesses in this world. Absolutely, yes. And very likely church leaders are going to need to do some training uh, for their people on how to reach their neighbors and possibly even some training or dialoguing about how to develop relationships with unbelievers that will lead to conversations and study with people that don't know the Lord. Um, I believe this is a lost art among among many of us. I agree with you. I believe it is. I think you're exactly right. We may have to be trained again how to make relationships with those who don't know Jesus. Right. And you know, we often talk about a need for a discipleship path, you know, a path, a step-by-step path that followers of Jesus can take to grow into full, mature adulthood in Jesus Christ. And surely this step, mobilizing people to reach other people, this step needs to be on that path. We're talking about the step of sharing our faith. The Lord does not just want us to be disciples. He wants us to be disciple makers. I absolutely, I couldn't agree with that anymore. I think that's absolutely true and such an important point to start this off with about how to reach new people. But let's move on to the second strategies that church, that second strategy that churches can employ for reaching new people. What what is that one? Okay, well, the first one, just by way of review, is to mobilize disciples of Christ to reach out to other people, friends and neighbors. Uh, the second, well, the second strategy that we have in mind today, it's like the first one that we mentioned. It's an old strategy. It's not new, but I think it's a necessary one. It's the Sunday morning worship service. Hmm. Yeah, it's the church gathered. My guess is that this is the one strategy that most churches have been using to reach people. Well, I would say that, and you would agree too, there is power in the worship assembly. I mean, the prayers, the songs, the messages from God's word, the community piece. Um, we have called this in the past, one of, we have called this in our work with, with the effective church leaders and many of the podcasts that we've already done, we've called this past um, strategy, so to speak, we have now called. We are now calling this one of the church's main core growth engines. Yes. And let me ask you an additional question. Okay. That might tag into what we're talking about here. When did when did you decide to follow Jesus? <laughs> well, 
I made that decision in a worship service. Hmm. Uh, coincidentally, I remember very well, I was convicted by the message. And my guess is that most Christians could say the same thing, that the Sunday morning worship assembly really helped them to cross the line from unbelief to faith, from from not being a follower of Jesus to making the decision to become a follower of Jesus. I would imagine that's true. Uh, either that was the deciding point for them to actually become a Christian at that at that time, or the deciding point that they were going to make some changes and learn how to become a disciple of Jesus. I think so many times that happens in the in the worship service. And again, I think we should acknowledge that there may be. Oh, I don't know. A lot of unbelievers, I started to say there may be, but you know, maybe we should say there should be <laughs> unbelievers who attend weekend services, uh, whether the services are in person online or online. And we should assume that there are people in our assemblies who have not yet made the decision to follow Jesus. Yes. And I'm thinking of a podcast we did a few months ago in which we said that worship assemblies should be designed with both believers and unbelievers in mind, and that hopefully both are present. I think that comes right from Scripture, don't you? Yes. I think this is what Paul is trying to teach the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, for example. You know, he tells them to be sure that they do things in order. And he tells them what should happen uh, with their tongue speakers and their prophets and so forth. But he reminds them that whatever they do, it should be done with the goal of edifying the church. But then he reminds them that they also need to be mindful that they may be unbelievers in their assembly. So, you know, they should care about what their unbelieving friends say about what goes on in those assemblies. So in my mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 teaches that this Sunday morning assembly should be designed with both believers and unbelievers in mind. I agree. And, you know, we spoke earlier in this podcast about our experience, years of experience we've had in working with churches. So I want to assert something from our our experience that I believe is true, and it is this. Most churches design their services for insiders. Would you I agree would agree with that? with that. Unfortunately, I would agree with that. Yes, I think there's often a greeting when someone welcomes both church members and guests. But in our experience, first, a few churches really engage outsiders, in my opinion, outside of some churches still continuing to do the awkward stand for everybody to look at you sure. to know that you're a visitor. Uh, but outside of that, not much engaging. These worship services are primarily designed uh, for people who are already connected to their churches. Perhaps our listeners would affirm that what we're saying is true. In fact, I would even issue a challenge that once you start attending regular worship services face-to-face, if you haven't already, or once you are listening to a worship service online, that you you use uh, your mind to say, I don't know any of these people. I've never been to this church before. I don't know anything about it. And try as best you can to listen to what happens and see if you feel like you would you would sense yourself as an insider or an outsider or as a welcome visitor. I think that's a good exercise, you know, to put yourselves in the shoes of a guest. Mm -hmm. 
and what resonates with you in that service? Uh, how do you engage in that service? Does it sound like that the service is geared more for outsiders or for insiders? I think that's a good exercise. So what we're saying here, honey, is that churches should continue to use the Sunday service to help people take their next step toward Jesus. And that next step may be a step that disinterested people in spiritual things would take. It may be the next step that is taken by those who are curious about spiritual things. It's the step that would lead them to faith in Jesus. Right. And, and you know, we said this is an old strategy for reaching new people, and it is. Um, But I think what is new is that there is a shift that has occurred. You know, in the past, the Sunday service was the first step for many unbelievers to become believers. It was the front door to faith, so to speak. And we believe that the Sunday service has be, now become the next step rather than the first step. Yes. And this is key. Yes. Do you agree with that? I do agree with exactly what you said. The Sunday service is now a next step and maybe not the first step, which, right, right. which brings us to the third strategy mm. for reaching new people. And I would call this the church's new front door. It's the church's digital strategy. Absolutely. This may be the primary way growing churches connect with those who are spiritually curious or with those who may not even be currently interested in the faith. You know, I was talking to a dear friend not too long ago, and he was talking about the fact that in the church that he attends, he just doesn't see too many first-time guests. Uh, mainly he sees a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ who are there, but he has noticed the absence of those who are curious about their religion or those who are disinterested in spiritual things. And my guess is there are a lot of churches in this world and in our country where church leaders would say the same, that they're just not seeing right. those who are unbelievers coming to their assembly. So what does the church do? when they don't have many unbelievers coming to their assembly. Well, we want to encourage church leaders to seriously consider how they may connect online with those outside the faith. Don't you agree? Yes. And again, this is a huge shift in our thinking. It is a way to to reconsider how we connect with those that don't know the Lord. And like you said, um, I'm imagining many, many, many church leaders are saying the same thing. Right. We're not having visitors. Well, if we're not connecting with visitors in the service, we need to connect with those before the service. Right. Before they ever come to the service. You know, we've been talking a lot about this. Yes. And just here, let's give a shout out to recent podcasts, conversations with Josh Watkins and Bryce Kidwell and Patrick Odom, for example. You know, those men gave us a lot of helpful content on how the church could improve their digital presence. They really did. And listeners, if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, uh, please go back and listen to them. There is so much helpful information from different perspectives about this new front door. And we really would encourage you to listen to those interviews. But hon, what would you say to church leaders who want to make the most of this strategy for reaching others, those that are willing to do this paradigm shift in their thinking? What would you say to them? Well, that's a good question, honey. 
we, we want to say more about this in our next podcast episode. But for now, I would say that church leaders should try, first of all, to clarify whom they are trying to reach, and then design a new digital strategy for that online audience. And by the way, just replicating an in-person worship online likely won't work. It won't connect with those who are not believers in Christ. Right. In our experience, online services are just not designed to reach new people. They are designed primarily for church members. Churches need an online strategy to reach an online audience. I completely agree. I just think some things that a church might do in person, it's just not going to translate to an online worship. You know, singing, for example, that might be one we would uh, highlight as has to be done differently. Maybe so. And you know, a 60 to 65 minute worship assembly in person is probably too long for the online audience that does not have faith. It's hard to keep an online audience engaged for that long. So what we are saying is that rather than expect someone to watch a service online or attend a service at the church building, the church should offer smaller steps that lead to engagement with the in-person worship service. Yes. Now, we're not saying that churches should not have an online worship service. No. They certainly should have an online worship service. Oh, but by all means. We're saying just what you said. They should consider some smaller steps that lead to engagement even before uh, those guests engage in online or in-person worship. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot in that category we can talk about at some time. But yes, absolutely. there is. And we'll add more in our next podcast, too, by the way. But for now, what we're saying is uh, churches need to find out what is currently important to unbelievers. What are their needs? What questions are they asking? How can you help them? How does a word from the Lord in Scripture address the needs that both unbelievers and believers have in common. And you know, the Bible answers a lot of questions. The Bible is a helpful document. Even for those who don't believe in Jesus or don't believe in God, there's just good life advice in the scriptures. And so what we're saying is you want to build content and then distribute that content that addresses the needs of people. Nurture connection, nurture engagement, and nurture relationship online. And again, to do this, you'll need more than an online service. Absolutely. And even before that, we have to know people that don't know the Lord yet if we're going to even know what their needs are. That's true. There's a step that precedes that. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you another question. What if churches only you know, engage in two of these three strategies? We're throwing out kind of some big ideas. Uh, what if they just say, okay, we're good, two out of three? Would they be able to reach unbelievers with only two of the methods that we've mentioned? That's a very good question. Uh, you know, I would say that all three are important. If a church is missing, for example, the digital strategy, the challenge is that there is no real front door to the church for those who are outside the church. There is nothing that compels outsiders to visit an in-person or an online worship service. Asking people to come to an in-person service or watch an online service is a huge first step for outsiders. So without shareable digital content, 
it's much more challenging to engage outsiders. It will be more challenging to encourage friends to come to church without that shareable digital content, without a digital strategy. And again, remember that most of our interaction today is with people what? It's now online. It's right, not in person. Right. And also, if you're not designing worship services with both outsiders and insiders in mind, you're missing out on one of the very best strategies for reaching outsiders. You know, again, most would say that the weekend services, are, that's very important to help people become believers. So that worship assembly, it really needs to be the very best it can be. Because for many, it is the next step from unbelief to trusting Jesus. That's right. It's That's vital. Right. And and imagine what would be the effects of not mobilizing people to reach out to their friends and neighbors. The relational connection would be missing. There would be no conversations about faith, no invitations, no sharing of online content. You know, we need those relationships with people who need Jesus in their lives in order to help them take their next steps toward Jesus. So, I would say all three strategies are critical, don't you think? I do, and I think these are excellent strategies or suggestions for churches and church leaders. Um, These three strategies that churches can use to reach others, again, by way of review, are mobilizing disciples to reach others. Also, the Sunday worship service. And then last was the church's well-designed digital strategy. Uh, Those are three vital, and as you said, I don't think we can leave any of them out. I don't think so. They're just that important because people finding out about Jesus, that's that important. That's the goal, too. It's the goal. It really is. Any closing thoughts, hon? Sure. Uh, Just a word or two. You know, in our next episode, we want to talk more about the church's digital strategy, and we're going to try to give some very specific examples of what that will look like. Many who have been listening to our recent podcast may be thinking that we're beating a dead horse. I I can see why some people would think that if this is kind of all new to them. Right. Uh, But in this day and time, in this particular season of the church, we think the church's digital presence is just that important. Absolutely. So we hope our listeners will be quick to engage our next podcast. But I want to add here that reaching God's lost children should be one of our most important objectives. And surely, this is the church's mission. I believe it's the mission to which we all need to return. We need to renew our interest in reaching the lost, in sharing the gospel with those who need Jesus in their lives. So we need to be paying attention to these three strategies. And uh, one more note before I close. Let's encourage our listeners to not forget to register for this upcoming online Effective Church Leaders Workshop. It starts October 19th, so they need to go to that website of ours quickly and register. That's EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. Okay. Right, right. Really good comments. I appreciate that. And on that note, we're going to close our conversation for today. And as always, we want to encourage you, our listeners, to engage us in these podcasts. We would love to hear from you regarding what you think on the matters we've talked about. Just shoot us an email with your comments, suggestions, or questions to holton.carry at gmail.com or rkholton at gmail.com. Meanwhile, 
meanwhile, we hope you plan to join us for the next week's episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church just thrive.